How many really know this morning that God is worthy? Amen. We're still in worship. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory God.
know we can't do it all the time. We need to let him know how awesome he is and how worthy he is. And when we take our mind off of us, because that's what the Lord was telling me in praise and worship. He was saying it's not a self thing. And this is what we got to remember. It's not a self thing. It's not about us. So we got to step out of us and allow him to step in through us so he can do what he need to do in each and everybody, everybody in the place. But when you are so stuck on you about how you feel and what you're going through, you're not allowing the power of God to work through you. See, God is about light. He's not about darkness. So he said that we have to deny ourselves. And sometimes that's hard because if you have always put self first, it's hard to deny self. He said you got to deny yourself. That means lose desire, lose interest in you. I want to ask you something. Who does that? Who lose interest in themselves? Have you ever thought about losing interest in you? And that's when God can really use you when you wake up every morning and say, God, it's not about me. It's all about you. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. Denying self mean, Lord, I'm going to deny what I think. I'm going to deny how I feel. I'm going to deny even what people are saying. And I'm going to pick up my cross. And I'm going to follow you today outside of what things look like or what they appear to be. God is saying, get rid of self. In order for God to move, you got to move out the way. And some people say, how do I move out the way? It takes the word. It takes crucifying that flesh, knowing that Christ, that's what he died for. He died so we could live in him. It's no longer us no more. It's all about him. We're living through him. It's nothing else that you can do. You couldn't even save yourself. I want, us, I want all of us to understand this this morning. You couldn't save yourself. You still can't save yourself. Jesus done it all. He paid the price. Only thing we got to do is step into what he's already done. And that's how we're fighting the good fight of faith. We're not living the way that we used to live. We're living according to him and not according to us. And that's just how easy it is. So you don't have to fake it to make it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't fake it to make it. Come on, y'all. We got to get over those faking it to make it. You know, some Christians are so much about being um, what people want them to be. Instead about what Christ created them to be. So if we quit looking at the way this one is and the way that one is and trying to be like they are and be who we are in Christ. Y'all, we can live a good life. The struggle is over. We don't have to do something to get something. I'm here to tell you we already have it in him. Everything you need is in him. It's in him you live. In him you move. And in him you have your being. So every time I get into the word of God, I'm saying, this is my inheritance. All of this belongs to me. I'm living a good life in him. I don't have to struggle no more. I'm no longer in bondage. I'm free, not because of me, but because of the son whom the son sets free. 
is free indeed. Y'all, we're living like we're in so much bondage. We're living like it's over. God gave us a fresh start through his son, Jesus Christ. And we go around mummering and complaining because somebody took the last piece of cake on Thanksgiving. We mumber, we complain because we didn't get what we thought we should have gotten. I pay the bills in this house. How do you have the audacity to take that last piece of cake? Self. It's all about self. It's all about what self want. This is what I want and you're going to give it to me. Self. It's not about us. It's all about him. So, Father, today, we thank you. And we're coming to know that it's not about us. It's all about you. So, Father, whatever you will have me to do as I stand before your people today, Father God, I give you right. I give you permission, God. As I open my mouth, I thank you that you speak through me, that you speak for me. I thank you that you have given me the tongue of the learned on today, God, to speak into the lives of those that are weary. I thank you for waking me morning and, and every morning to be taught as one that has been learned. I thank you that great is the peace of your children because we are taught of the Lord. I thank you for your peace being in this place like never before. I say, peace be still in the name of Jesus, even in the midst of the storm. God, you have given us some unshakable peace. So I thank you for your unshakable peace on today. I thank you that we have built our house on a rock. So when the storm come and the wind blow, God, we shall not be moved. God, we may be shaken, but we shall not be moved, God. Because our house is on a solid rock. And that solid rock, that foundation is Jesus Christ. So I thank you and I praise you on today. That every need in this place, God has already been met, God. God, I thank you that healing, God, has already been met by Christ Jesus. So I come against every sickness and every disease that's trying to come against our bodies and I command them to go and I command what rightfully belonged to us healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you that the heavens are open and pouring out healing upon your people right now from the top of our heads to the soles of our feet. I decree and I declare it because I have a right. And I thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you on this morning for financial breakthrough. In every area of our lives, God, you have given us, God, the power to get wealth, God. The struggle is over. The blessings of the Lord makes us rich and adds no sorrow to it. The wealth of the wicked is stored up for the just. So we thank you, God, that what we have given, God, is poured back into us, God, in the name of Jesus. I bind every poverty spirit right now that's amongst us in this place in Jesus' name. Because you say, beloved, I wish above all things that you shall prosper and be in good health. Now, God, I thank you that you have already honored your word. Now, Father, I plead the blood right now over us in the name of Jesus. And I thank you again, Father, that I have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ 
who lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's hear what the Spirit of God has to say to us on today, amen. Go with me to Luke, the fifth chapter. We're going to go into St. Luke and hear what Luke is saying according to the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 5. Hallelujah. And Luke is in between Matthew and Mark. And then there's Luke. And then, thank you, Jesus, there's John. <laughs> Luke chapter 5. Just in case you didn't know. Luke chapter 5. I'm going to begin at verse 1. And I'm going to end at verse 1, but we're going to go through it. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and that's the lake of Galilee. It came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Galilee. You may be seated. I want to talk about on this morning, hearing, seeing, and doing the word. Hearing, seeing, and doing the word. Y'all, let me tell you, the word is so good. The word is so good, and we can get everything that we need out of the word of God. And we have to know just how important the word is. And in here, Luke was saying that the people pressed upon him. That pressed upon him means they crowded around him. And he stood in the midst of them. Now, I want you to see what's happening here. They crowded around him to hear what the word had to say. Jesus is the word. So they wanted to be around the word. Y'all, is so good. When you can be around the word of God. And when people know how important the word is, they'll do anything to get to the word of God. Because they know that the word is what sets them free. They know that the word is what heals and delivers and prospers. They know that it's the word that brings joy unto them. So they crowded around and Jesus stood right there in the midst of them. So God is saying today, they crowded around because they wanted to hear. And it's so important that the word is heard because the Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing come by the word of God. People look at the word like it's nothing. People take their Bibles and just throw them in their car, throw them in their trunk and pick it back up when they need it on Bible study or when they need the word on Sunday mornings. But the word should become a part of you. And in order to get the word to become a part of you, you have to go into the word. Everything that you need is in the word of God. And no matter what situation pop up in your life, you have the word to help you with that situation. But he gave you the Holy Spirit to remind you of what Jesus has said. Jesus is the word. We want to take what's written and we want to read it so we can get some rhema from it. We want a spoken word from God. I don't know about you. I just don't want to read it. I want the word to speak to me. I want some illumination. I want some light. I want some penetration within me. I want some moving and shaking and going on. I want my baby to be leaping for joy because I know that I have tapped into the goodness of Jesus. The word helps you to tap into What God has already done. I love the already. 
I loved her already. Because we don't have to, Sister Janet, we don't have to wait on something that we already have. Because if God said it's already mine, I'm going to walk like it's mine. I'm going to talk like it's mine. I'm going to say, God, I thank you for what's already mine. And I'm not going to try to go out and get something that I already got. I'm going to press into. So the people say they pressed upon. When you pressing upon, imagine a crowd. And in that crowd, there is the word. And you know, you need the word. So you like, okay, now, just move, just move, just move. I need to get to the word. Can you imagine everybody that's crowded? Come up here. Can some people come up here for me? Mitch, come on. Come on. I need some people. I need a crowd. Oh, oh. I got to press through this. Look. It's a crowd. The word is standing in the midst of the crowd, but it's people crowded around because they're saying the word has something that I need. So everywhere the word go, the word, they're going to follow the word because they know I need to tap into. I need to press into. I need to press into healing. I need to press into joy. I need to press into prosperity. I need to press in to everything that God has promised me. I need to press in. These bills need to be paid. I'm pressing. I'm going to press in to what God has given me. Healing is mine. Everything I need is mine. I'm going to press into what God is already. We got to press. We got to press into. Tony. God said we got to press. See, the problem is the devil don't want you to press. So he put things around you to keep you from pressing. The struggle is over. The victory has already been won. God said quit trying to do it yourself. I have given you everything that you need. No more restless nights. No more tossing and turning. No more wondering and waiting. God said, I have heard your cry. So receive what you already have. I come against the spirit of anxiety. Right now in the name of Jesus. And I loose the peace of God upon you right now. In Jesus name. Rest in what you already have. God, I thank you for joy. Unspeakable joy. You haven't lost anything. You have gained everything. And me is eternal life. A life that's never ending. An abundant life. God said we got to press in. We got to press in. We got to press in to what we already have. Can y'all imagine? Thank y'all. Can y'all imagine? It's crowds everywhere. Everywhere the word go, there is a crowd. Because that crowd knew what the word had. That crowd knew if I can just get to the word. I have everything I need. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. 
see the word is already here. The word is already here. Hallelujah. Glory God. Hallelujah. 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 How many know it's nobody like him? Nobody can do you like he can. No money can give you what he's already given. God just gives you money to use for what you need to do down here. But money can never satisfy you. Never satisfy you. I don't know about you or put a smile on your face when you got it. But money is always leaving some kind of way or another, right? But he will never, ever leave you. He will never, ever forsake you. He's with you even until the end. That's just how good God is. Amen. He's a good, good father. So we at this first verse. Where it says the people pressed upon. They pressed upon him to hear what the word has to say. Y'all, it is oppressing to get into this word. Because it's things that surrounds us. To stop us from getting into the word of God. It's things that come in and distract us. It's things that come in and try to steal our joy. The other day the Lord was telling me I was sitting there all of a sudden. I got this weird feeling. And when I got this weird feeling. This was yesterday I believe. And the Lord told me. He said there's a spirit of anguish. Going around. And what this spirit of anguish do. It brings sorrow. It brings pain. It brings all of these things, but we got to understand that it is a spirit. And what we do with that spirit, we let that spirit know, no, you can't stay here. You don't belong here. So we got to press through that. And we press through it through the word of God. And we bind that and we say, you know what? The joy of the Lord is my strength. See, that's how we press through because what happens, God is showing me this. You know how it was a game or something that was, it was, you throw the ball and the ball will stick to it. He said, that's what the enemy does. He throw those fiery dots. And if you don't have that shield of faith up, if you don't have your armor on, it's going to stick somewhere and it's going to begin to give you anguish. It's going to begin to give you disappointment. It's going to begin to disencourage you. Why? Because the enemy said, I don't want you to get to that word. I don't want you to hear what the word is saying. So I'm going to weigh you so much down in some heaviness that you cannot even hear God. The only thing you hear in is death. God is about life. He's not about death. He wants you to think outside of the word. But these people, when I go into the word of God, I say, God, things have changed because these people were getting to the word. They didn't matter. It didn't matter how many people was around him. They were crowded around him to get to the word of God. Then God showed me another one in Mark chapter two. It said that again, he entered into Capernaum. After some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. That noise mean it was rumors. Can y'all imagine? People are saying, Jesus is in the house. 
The word is in the house. So they heard these rumors about where Jesus was. And it says straightway many were gathered together. Now check this. In so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Come on. When they heard, when they heard the rumors, the word is in the house. So they had to hear that the word was there. That's like a preacher. Going out and they're preaching this good news. And people are hearing it from far off. They're saying, guess what? It's somebody that's preaching the good news. And they're hearing and they're coming and they're gathering around. So they were gathering around and they was gathered so much it was no room. Not even about the door. And Jesus began to preach. See, when you know the importance of the word. When you know that the word bring you life. You want to get to the word. You don't care about the crowd. You don't care if you got to stand up. You're saying, I need to hear this. Because guess what? You were led there for a reason. Because God has a word for you to bring life into you. Because when the word is spoken, it's like a wind. It's like a fresh wind and that wind began to come into you and bring some life unto you. It begins to shift the atmosphere. So as Jesus spoke, he didn't have to lay hands on everybody because as Jesus began to preach whatever needed to be preached, whatever preach means to proclaim. That means you don't need a license to preach. Preach is proclaim. You just need to open your mouth and go and get what God is saying and bringing it to the people. But we wait on man to tell us now. This is the key though. You need to be discipled. You need to be discipled, but you don't need no license to go out and disciple. People got it mixed up. People are filling up the churches trying to get a title. You come in the church to be discipled, to go out and make more disciples. God will bring the title to whomever he want to bring it to. He'll let the pastor or whoever know you ordain them because I want to place them somewhere. But it ain't about these titles, y'all. It's about going out and making disciples. Going out in a fallen world where people are dying, where they need life. You're bringing the life. You're bringing the breath of God in a dying world. You're bringing light in the midst of darkness. you coming and making every crooked place straight because you know him and you want them to know him the way you know him. But you got to bring the word with you. You can't go out without the word. Look at your neighbor say, you need the word more than you need food. Y'all, I'm telling you something. When I'm in my word, my daughter know me. When she come home when I'm in my word, y'all, leave me alone. I don't need nothing. Just give me my green tea and give me my Bible. I'm satisfied. I don't need no food right now. But then when my daughter say, mama, what you going to eat? Ding dong, I haven't eaten yet. My son will say, Mama, you ate? It's two o'clock. No. I've been eating some good food. Because my Bible told me man don't live by bread alone, but by every. Wait a minute. It say every word that proceedeth what? Man don't live by bread alone. See, when my bread may run out, I still have some spiritual food 
that's going to keep me. See, this is why Moses could go up to the mountaintop and the word began to feed him. The word fed him so he didn't have nothing to drink. He didn't have nothing to eat. Forty days he was with the father. By the time Moses come back down from being with the father, he had to what? Put a veil. Come on. He was lit up. He was lit up like a Christmas tree. The glory of God was up. Come on. When you go into this word and you experience Jesus and when you come out, you should be lit up. You should be a light right in the midst. Come on. When you lit up, people could start confessing stuff. Well, let me tell you this right here. And sometimes you say, wait a minute, I ain't that lit. I want to hear all that right now. But when you go into the word of God, it's like a fire. And that fire begins to consume y'all. Everything that's coming against you that's not God. I don't know about y'all, but when I'm in this good book, as my grandmother used to say, this is a good book. When I'm in this good book, it gives me life. It gives me satisfaction. So this is why these people were getting to Jesus. This is why they were pressed. When you see pressed, look it up. It means they were crowded. They were crowded. Everybody was right up under everybody because they said, I got to hear this. They weren't worried about who was beside them. They're just saying, speak, Lord. Speak. Only thing I need for you to do is speak. So they were ready to hear the word. Then the Lord gave me another one in Mark chapter 5. Y'all remember the lady with the issue of blood? This was the thing with that lady with that issue. That issue didn't supposed to be in public. Y'all know how it is when you got issues. You try to keep yourself hid because you're afraid that issue is going to get amongst people and people are going to begin to talk about you. But this woman could not be um, out there because it was against law. But the woman didn't care because the Bible said... When she heard, it's something about when you hear the word, you don't care what people think no more. Come on, somebody. When you go into this word, you don't care how people perceive you. You don't care if people, this is how I know people ain't in the word. We got too many people caring about what people think. How can you be in here and you worrying about how people perceive you? When you in here, it ain't about them, it ain't about you. It's all about him. Because my father accepted me in the beloved. So if you don't accept me, I'm already acceptable. I'm already chosen. I'm already adopted in him. So if you never talk to me, it's okay. I'll talk more to the father. I'm not a rejection. I'm accepted. See, when you're in the word of God, you know who you are and you're not trying to get people to like you. Come on, deliverance is in the house. Some of y'all want people to like you. I don't care what you do, they're going to find fault in you. They'll laugh in your face. Oh, that look good. And then go tell somebody, she need to go home and take that off. But God always accepts you. Look at any kind of way. He said, you already accepted, baby. He said, no matter how the world perceives you, this is how I see you. You are the apple of my eye. Baby, I love you with unconditional love. 
I laid down my life for you even while you were yet in sin, Sister Loretta. So it don't matter what families say. It don't matter what people on the job say. It don't matter what even the church say. As long as you know you accepted by me. And sooner than later, they're going to come up to you, Sister Loretta, and say, I want what you got. Because no matter how we treat you, you still love it. No matter how we curse you out, you still blessing. Let me tell y'all something. The more you get into this word, you ain't worrying about man. You're not worrying about man. You're giving man what they don't have, the love of God. Because when you experience his love, it's so unshakable that you're ready to forgive even somebody that done you wrong. Why? Because you've been with the word. You've been with the word. The more you stay with the word, no matter how people talk about you, no matter how loud they get, your heart just still melts for them. You're saying, God, they don't know. Forgive them. That's why Jesus said, forgive them. Even when he was on the cross, scratched out and it was spitting on him. They had already put nails in his hands and put them in his feet. But Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, that's, that's getting rid of self. When you know a person talked about you, when you know a person put your name all out there and lied on you, you can say, Father, forgive them. Do you know why we have to ask Father to forgive them? Because God said, vengeance, baby. Is mine. I shall repay. See, we get our feelings so hurt sometimes. We get our feelings so messed up sometimes that we don't want to look at the person. We don't even want the person to say our name. But let me tell you something. There's a name above every name. And that name is Jesus. Jesus is above every hurt that anybody could ever do to you. Because let me tell you something, even in marriages, even when adultery is in marriages, you still got to forgive if you don't stay with them. You still got to love if you're not with them. I ain't never seen people say, well, I'd rather do without you and then go in church and talk about the goodness of Jesus. That's a lie. You're supposed to love them. Not come against them. And if you're going to stay with them and you forgave them, you need to quit reminding them of what they done. You need to go to Jesus and say, I need some help. Because I'm in the killer mode right now. And I don't know which way I'm going to swing. See, you need to talk to Jesus about it. You need to be ready to hear the word. You need to press in more to the word than you pressing into how you feel. Your he motions and she motions will kill somebody. We always say, I can't believe they done this. Why you can't believe it? We're in a fallen world. The enemy use whomever he choose to use. Why? Because he want to stop you. He know that you're steady going up. He want to bring you down. Because we go from glory to glory. So every time you go up, he want to bring something to smash you back down. To make you feel like you're nothing. Nobody loves you. Nobody want to marry you. Nobody wants you. You're worthless. Look at what you've been through. Look at your family. Who want to marry into that family? That's why when you know who you are, I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. 
Behold, all things have become new. Just because my mom and daddy went through it, this is another generation. That don't mean I have to go through it. Just because they chose to die in the wilderness, I choose to live. If you're going to compare me to somebody, compare me to my father. Because I know whom I am. And I know where I'm from. See, when you know these things, women, you don't depend on a man to give you no identity. You don't. Because some of us got a new last name, but it don't mean nothing. Because we don't know about covenant. We don't know how marriage should be. See, when you get married to the father, And you know the love of the Father. You don't go marry any and everything. When you know how much God loves you, you want to get a man that can love you the way Christ loved the church. And you don't want no man just to say, I'm in the church. Into the church. But don't know Jesus. Because when you know how your Father treats you, You're going to have some discerning of spirits to look at that man and say, oh, no, you're not the one. You may smell good. You may look good. You may act good. You may lay down the money, but you ain't the one. Because my father taught me that I'm better. Y'all, the word is so good. The word is so good, it's so good because the word will change you. And when it changed you, guess what? It will change somebody. Why? Because they ain't looking at you the way they saw you before. Because they said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That ain't the same person. Because that person supposed to have to beat me down. But that person loved on me. They gave me love like I never had it before. See, this is why. They pressed in. The woman with the issue of blood, she had the issue, but she heard about Jesus. She said, forget the issue because that issue is going to get taken care of. So the Bible says that she pressed behind. That means it was a crowd. And she went behind that crowd. And she was saying within to herself. And I want y'all, I'm getting to hear, see, and do. But she was saying within herself, within. See, you can have that within you. And whatever you have within you is going to work its way out of you. That's the doing part. But she had to first hear. Then the next thing, she had to focus on the word. She had to see what she was going after. See, y'all, you got to do three. Hear, see, and do. So when she saw the word, everybody was around the word. But her focus was, forget what's around the word. I'm going to press through. I'm going through this crowd. Because I see myself touching the hem of that garment. And when I touch his hem, which is the word, I know I'm going to be made whole. But I got to press through the crowd. See, our problem is we don't want to press through nothing. We want everything quick fix. Just heal me already, God. God said I already healed you. But you can't accept the healing because still, it's still about you. You ain't worrying about nobody. Well, Lord, if you heal me, I do this. You don't have to bargain with God for something he already has given you. God, if you heal me, I quit cursing. God, if you heal me, I quit fornicating. God, if you heal me, I quit committing adultery. He says, see, you don't even know. He said, I already done healed you even when you were doing your mess. 
The only reason why you ain't receiving healing now is because you're still in you. Because you feel like it's something you got to do. You still up under the law. He said you up under grace. Grace done done everything for you. His name is Jesus Christ. Grace done laid down his life for you. You got to accept grace by faith. For by grace you're saved through faith. Just accept what I've done by faith. He said I have given you the faith to accept what I have already done. You have God's kind of faith in you. You don't need more of it. You grow in your faith. How do I grow in my faith? By doing what the word tell me. It just get bigger and bigger and bigger. But we all have the same measure. Mm. Why we want more? And he said, if you have faith as a green, a mustard seed, you can speak. To this tree, this sycamore tree, and say, move over yonder. See, a little green can be in between my fingers. That little bit we all have. God said, you couldn't even believe me if I didn't give you my faith. He said, that's why you got to hear the word. See, when the people knew that the word was in town, they said, whoo, forget all this. I'm going to get what I need. Forget all these he motions and she motions. I'm going to get healed from the word of God. So she got what she needed. And Jesus knew. Because Jesus said, who? Touch me. His disciples are like, master, all of these people around you, are you crazy? And you asking who touched you? He said, I just got a touch of faith. He said, because I felt some virtue. Come out of me and reach out to the one that touched me by faith. And that woman told him that she touched him. What am I saying to you today? The first thing is, you got to have an ear. You got to say, God, I want to hear what you got to say. When we come into the house of God, our ears should be so attentive that we're saying, speak, Lord. Regardless if I heard it before, there's something you want me to hear again. Because we can go through this whole Bible and still have not tapped into everything that God wants us to tap into with one verse. Because God is always saying something with that one verse. He'll take one word and he'll talk for three, four hours. Off of that one word. But we get so much in a hurry looking at our clocks. Looking at it's time for us to eat. But when you tap into him, you ain't worrying about eating. You done forgot you didn't take your sugar diabetes pill. You done forgot all about it and you're saying, wow, I'm feeling good. Because that's what the word does for you. But you got to continue. The Bible says, continue in my word. That's how you are truly a disciple. The ones that continue in my work. Not just come in here and get hyped. Because you know we can come in here and get hyped because there's three grounds. There's the wayward ground where the ground was so hard that the seed didn't get down there in the ground in the heart. And the devil came and he just snatched it. Why? He said, I'm going to get it now because you don't understand it. And if I get it now, you won't have a root. Because see, even though the word is there, it's on top. But once that word get rooted, it's going to be hard trying to pull it up. So we want to make sure that we on good ground. 
We want to make sure we hear the word. We want to make sure that we see the word. We want to make sure that we do the word. See, the doing is the thing. You can hear it. You can see it. But he said, if you're hearing and you're seeing, why are you not doing? He said, I want you to do what my word is telling you to do. So every time Jesus would come into town, they would crowd around Jesus. They would press into, they would crowd around because they said, the word has what I need. And then, y'all, there was a blind man. His name was um, Barnabas. And he was begging by the wayside in Mark 10. And when he heard Jesus pass by, come on now, he heard, he couldn't see him, but he heard Jesus pass by. And he said, Jesus, son of David. And they told him, have mercy on me. And they told him, you need to shut up. You need to be quiet. And the more they told him to shut up, the louder he got. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus heard him. See, that's that faith. When he heard. He tapped into the word. He knew. He said the word is. Don't let the word pass you. What am I saying in this place? God is is speaking. Don't you let the word pass you. Grab hold to it. Before it pass by you. He began to holler out. When you hear God speaking to you in this service. You need to say. Oh that's for me. Some of y'all are so dignified. But when God speak a word to me, whoa, hallelujah. That's what, whoa, God, you heard, you heard me. You get up and say, hallelujah. Lord, you heard me when I was crying out. Don't pass me by. I'm going to grab that. That's what Von Bartimaeus did. He was on the waist. He was by the road just begging. But when Jesus. When he heard Jesus pass by, he said, oh, I ain't going to miss that. And guess what? Those people knew he was blind. Those people knew the word was there. I'm going somewhere. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Those people knew that the word was there. They knew that the word was there to heal. But guess what? They left him right there begging. And the word was right there to help him. But guess what? He said, I'm not going to miss it because you won't help me. So he began to cry out to Jesus. They telling him to shut up, but he began to cry the more. Come on. Have you ever been in a, a church that is so dead that when somebody die, the people don't know who to take out? The coroner come in here and wonder where the dead person at. They don't know who to carry out because the church so dead. See, but when Jesus is in the house, they're going to know he's in the house. Because you're going to have people falling all out. Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. You're going to be giving God some glory because he touched you. Right where you are. You can't be silent on him. Because when the spirit of God get on you, let me, let me rephrase it. You may try to be silent, but you'll be in that seat. <laughs> Trying to contain yourself. You may not say it with your mouth, but your body going to be saying something. When the fire of God get on you and burning you up. I remember one um, Bible study. Evangelist Newt, remember this. We had a, a lady that was in here and I called up to the altar and was ministering to her. And all of a sudden, she got down. She said, I'm so hot. 
I'm so hot. She was trying to take off her clothes. I said, oh, you can't take off your clothes up in here. And then the fire of God was burning up. She said, I'm so hot. I'm so hot. I said, you can't take off your clothes up in here now. <laughs> but God, the fire, the word, everything God was speaking to her. It was coming in. It was, she was like the wood. God bought the fire and she was the wood. So he was burning up everything in her that wasn't like him. And she never had that experience before. See, when God come in here like a fire, whatever you holding, whatever you need to be delivered from, the only thing you got to say is, here I am, Lord. We had another service and God was introducing the Holy Spirit, doing a teaching on the Holy Spirit. And bless Brother John Hart, he's not here with us today. But I remember that day and I was over there ministering to people and I had just got through teaching on the Holy Spirit and I was looking this way. And God began to speak, and I remember turning around like this and saying, you. God said that you wanted the Holy Spirit. You wanted to feel his power. Turned around and just touched him, and you remember Evangelist? He was like a chair in a position and didn't fall over. Stayed in that position, and he looked up at me in his eyes, just walling back. See, God was delivering him. See, he asked for deliverance. See, sometimes when you see people wild like that or in a certain position, that don't mean that they got to be cutting up. It's that the Holy Spirit is dealing. It's doing what they asked him to do. So he sat there in that position, and so I kept on ministering, and I heard him say, Pastor, Pastor, help me. I felt sorry for So I'm going over there, and I'm going to grab his hand, and, See if I can help him. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm not through with him. I dropped it. And I walked off. That man stayed like that all night. All night. He said he woke up the next day. But he knew he was free. But God wasn't through with him yet, y'all. See, y'all better understand when deliverance is in the house. When God sent a word in the house and that person is asking something from God, you may not know what that person had asked. So we had another service, and after service, we would have another service, and Brother John would stay for them services, call himself helping out. But then all of a sudden, I turned around again, and he said, Don't do it, Pastor, don't do it! I said, John, and he went flying back, and he was laying over chairs. I got a picture to verify. Then it was another time. God is doing something in this room because some people don't understand. When God's word is present, when God hear you cry out, when you're going through situations in your life and you're saying, God, I need your help. I can't take this no more. God will meet you where you are. And I remember I was standing here and I had was doing a teaching on the flesh versus the spirit. So I'm just getting my Bible read and everything. And I'm here. The spirit say, He said, I'm going to show you what's the difference between flesh and spirit. I'm like, hmm, that's all I did. Next thing I know, the power of God got on me, y'all, I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't do nothing, couldn't do nothing but just pray in tongues and everybody coming to the altar. Here come Brother John again, (laughs) trying to help. He come this far to this altar. And I did like this, just touched him, and he flew back. And his head hit the floor. His daddy's standing right there and didn't help him. But he was okay. We got a DVD on that. It was the power of God. What am I telling you? We don't have to work up nothing. That's 
You got people trying to work God up to get people to come into the house of God. Only thing you got to do is touch. Sometimes you don't have to touch. You just blow. Sometimes you don't have to do nothing. Just say a word and boom, bam, there he is. It don't take everything, but God deals with people differently. When you see people, it was another girl that we had a service and this girl was just sitting there and she was, you know, asking God for things and went over there and ministered to her. Next thing I know, she was out and her leg looked like it was broke. Her leg was one way and she laying out this way. She said, help me, please. Somebody help me. God went through with her. Let me tell you something. When you want what God wants, God will move everything out of his way to reveal his glory. When you're crying out to God really with your whole heart and say, God... I don't want to be this way no more. Your spirit is made new. But see, that's the new you. But your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotion, it got some residue there. Nothing can touch the spirit. That spirit is sealed until the day of redemption. The enemy say, oh, I know I can't get your spirit. But if I can get right there, I can stop the power of God from moving through you. So the enemy messed with the soulish area. He said, the reason why I mess with your soul, because your body is going to react according to what you think. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, so does he become. If I can mess with your thinking, your body is going to act how you thinking. But this is why they kept tapping into the word. This is why they were crowding in. When it came to the word of God, because they said, if I can just get to the word of God, I know I'm going to be healed. They had a knowing on the inside of them because they heard about Jesus. They heard about who is telling people about him. Who is proclaiming healing that comes from Jesus? Who's proclaiming deliverance that comes from Jesus? Who's proclaiming prosperity that comes from Jesus? Prosperity ain't just money. It's well-being in every area of your life. So we have to press into the word. Blind Barnabas, he pressed in. He didn't care how loud he was crying out. He knew what belonged to him. There's times in your life when you're going through that you got to cry out. And you got to say, I know what belongs to me. And I'm not stopping until I get it. Because I know God blessed me with that. And then Jesus said, bring him to me. And he asked him, he said, What do you want? See, he got to know what we want. He already know. But when we come to him, he's knowing, okay? You coming to me because you trust me. You trust that I have what you need. He said, I'm coming to you because I want to see. Jesus said, go your way. Because just as you act, just go your way. He went his way. His eyes opened. He began to follow Jesus. Do you know why people are not following this gospel? Because we don't believe what we're preaching. You got to believe it for yourself. You telling people, but your life ain't adding up to what you're saying. Because we allow fear to come in and we change our words. That's why we hear a lot of, if it's your will, Lord. 
you do this or that. His will is his word. That's why when the man that had leprosy, when he come up to Jesus, he said, Lord, if you're willing, you can heal me of this leprosy. He knew it could be healed, but he wanted to know if Jesus was willing. Jesus said, I will. Oh, man. Can you imagine, apostle? You opening up your word. You have something going on with you. And you're saying, Father, if it's your will, you can heal me of this. And then you hear a spoken word. I will. Thank you, Lord. Immediately he was healed from leprosy. Because Jesus said, I will. But you know what the problem is? We're hearing him, but we're not seeing what he's saying. When you hear the word, you got to be able to see what the word is saying to you. If the word is saying you're healed, then see yourself healed. If the word is telling you that you're prosperous, see yourself prosperous. If the word is telling you that he's your shepherd and you shall not want a lack, see your bills paid even though there's a bill. You got to see it. But what we do is we're not seeing what we're saying. We're just saying it, trying to get it when we already got it. We already have everything, but God said, I want you to see what you have. I want you to live like you have it. This is why me and my husband walk by faith and not by sight. See, sometimes you look at people and say, oh, they got it going on. No, Jesus got it going on. I'm just doing what he tells me to do. Because I'm a representative of him, and if I'm going to represent him, I'm going to represent him well. Because I'm only doing what he tells me to do. When I do what he tells me to do, I'm manifesting him to you. So don't get mad at me. Don't go talk about me and, and tell people she's taking people money. You ain't got enough money to support me. Not the God I serve. Because my daddy owned what? Cat on her. Come on now. My daddy um, says the blessings of the Lord makes me rich. And adds no sorrow to it. So see, if we're waiting on people to make us rich, we need to be calling upon Jesus. And what Jesus is going to do is turn their heart towards you and say, I don't know why I'm writing you this million dollar check, but God told me to come up in here and give it to you. Okay, thank you, Jesus. I ain't thanking them. I'm thanking Jesus for turning your heart and writing the check. Oh, I see it. Thank you. Then I give God off of what they gave me. Thank you. See, you got to see that. You don't just say it, you see it. So God want us to see his word. He want us to see what we're saying. Yo, it's easy to say something, but if you ain't going to do what you're saying, you might as well not say it. Paul said, I only speak what I believe. So you got to begin to see it. You cannot confess something and mess up your confession. You got to confess it without wavering. You can't be tossed to and fro. Remember I told you how windshield wipers do? And a little bit of rain, they come on automatically. But see, in the old days, we have them uh, automatic windshield wipers. You better turn them on. Right? I love turning them on in my pinto. I'm proud of my little pinto. When that rain come, I love hearing them windshield wipers go. Because they, they were working. 
So these days and times when we believe God, we have to stand firm, y'all. And let me tell you what. The, the Lord lets us know that we know where we are when things come up in our life. We know that we have to go back into the word when we waver. Because God knows we're going to falter sometime, right? But we get back up. And we realize, okay, God, I'm not there yet. So go back to me with Luke 5. That was verse 1. See, we can get a lot out of one verse, right? So then we look at verse 2. So after he stood by the lake of Galilee and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets, and he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thus out a little from land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So what Jesus did, he was standing amongst the people. There was a crowd, but he saw a ship. So he got in the ship and he sat there and he was going to teach the people out the ship. It was Simon Peter's ship. It was his boat. So Jesus began to teach. But before he began to teach, he said, what I want you to do, I want you to go out a little from land. What is God saying? We get born again. We get super saved. We feel like we can leap over walls, we can leap over mountains, we can go preach to somebody, we can go heal, we can deliver, we can cast out demons, but we ain't been taught. Born again people. They want to do everything except sit still and be taught because guess what? They're still full of pride. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they have, but they feel like they can conquer any demon that come their way. And believe it or not, it works sometimes. But the more you grow in him, seem like the more opposition you have coming at you. So Jesus said, just launch out a little bit from shore. So he began to teach them. But the Bible says once he got through teaching, it said now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net for it, for, you know, for a draft. But guess what? He went out a little. He got taught. Now he said, now you're ready to launch out into the deep. Let me go here. When you get born again, you need to be put in a church where you can be taught. The more you get taught, then you can launch out. We got too many people launching out and too many people giving people titles. And they haven't been taught, don't even know what a disciple is. They give them titles of ministers. That's okay. They can say minister. And the reason why they do that, some church say ministers because they give them limited abilities. That's why they say ministers. They can't go as far as the pastor. They give them minister right to get behind the pulpit. Huh. There's a difference between minister and ministering. All of us can go out and minister but they give you a minister license to have certain privileges and I can understand that to do certain things because that's what they entrust you with so some churches say minister but I look at disciples we're supposed to disciple God calls the fivefold God put the fivefold in place the apostle the prophet the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. He put them in the church 
to teach, to equip, to help them to make disciples, to go out. You don't just come into church to stay in the church to figure out, well, I want to preach. You got a whole world out there to preach to. But you know what the problem is? People want to be seen and heard behind the pulpit. Pulpit is outside this church. You're supposed to bring people in the church. See, I'm still talking about being taught. People so stuck on title. Well, that's just not me. I, 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 I just do this right here in the church. I ain't going no nursing home. You better go where God tell you to go. I just don't do that no more. My place is to teach you and your place. If I'm out and God is speaking to me and somebody needs Jesus, it ain't about I'm in the church. I'm outside the church now. We're going to have a come to Jesus meeting right in the restaurant. Somebody going to be healed and delivered and set free in this restaurant. That's why we come in to get taught so we can go out there and let them see God. You saved folks supposed to be in here. And if somebody come in here does not say, we supposed to get them through the word. But you don't supposed to have no equally yoke amongst you. We come in here to get taught. We got churches full of unsaved people shouting, cutting the food, doing everything and saying that they're doing something for Jesus and then go back and do their same mess. Somebody ain't teaching right. Because if you teach that you're supposed to, people are going to leave out of him. But God will fill it back up. He will do it. You're supposed to go out of here. Because every joint supplies. So Jesus said, now, Simon, you're ready to launch out, buddy. Now I want you to go into the deep. Simon, this is what Simon said. I love this. He said, and Simon answered and said unto him, Master. We have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Look at there. Now, let me tell you about the seeing part. They came to hear, right? And guess what? Who did they come to hear? The word. Where was the word? Standing right there. Hearing. They had to look at the word to hear it, didn't they, Apostle? So now the word said, you're hearing And I'm here, you're seeing, because whatever I'm saying, I want you to see, but you got to do. You got to do it. So he told Peter to go out there, let down the net. And Peter said, wait a minute, now master, I told all night, I didn't catch nothing. But nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. Come on, y'all. How many times we go into the word of God and God tell us to do something and in our mind we're thinking, I done done that, that ain't working. We should be like something, nevertheless, because you said it. I'm going to do what you saying and not go on how I feel. See, we got, this, this is what getting me. I'm, I'm this type of person. If God is called, if, if I call you and God tell me to tell you something, I'm going to tell you. But if you don't do it, it's on you. Because see, when you don't listen to what God is saying, you get yourself in more mess. Because in the beginning, it seemed like it's okay. It seemed like you can pay for it. It seemed like everything is going all right with your health. It seemed like, but if God called you and said, don't mess with that. God says it's not time. But the devil is saying, your money says time. 
Your credit says time. And then they'll say, okay. They're going to lie. Because they already knew what they were going to do before they did it. Or God is saying, it's not time for you to be with that man. But the devil is saying, you don't wait it long enough. You've been faithful in the church. You've been coming to church on time. Now it's your time. It's your time to be blessed. <laughs> it's your time to be like the rest. Y'all know that song, right? See, the devil done put that song in your head. So you like, that's got to be God because he done gave me a song to back it up. So after the Lord done told you, no, it's not your time. He didn't say it wasn't your man. He just said it ain't your time. Right? But the devil turned around and tell you it's your time. So now you just do what the devil telling you to do. And now you're coming back to me. Pastor, what am I going to do? Do what you've been doing. God gave you what he told you. Now you got to go through it. Now that's your hard head. Now that's your rascal. Now that's your love of your life. Now that's the one you say going to take care of you. But pastor, the light's out. Love him in the dark. Pastor, can you help us? I did. Pastor, we ain't got nothing to eat. Cry out to God. Be like blind Bartimaeus. If you think he don't hear you, cry louder. But pastor, that ain't the love of God. No, that is the love of God. Because God still loves you, but you got to go through You thought you knew better than God because God sent me to tell you. Nobody couldn't tell you nothing. Didn't you know that man didn't have a job before you married him? Well, he was going somewhere. Yeah, he was. He was bringing home the bacon. Yeah, he was. But where was he getting it from? I don't know, Pastor. Only thing I know, people knocking at our door all times of night. There go your answer. Only thing I can tell you is to take cover. Read Psalms 91. (laughs) Or may the Lord watch between me and thee while I'm absent. You got to let people go through. If people never go through, they will never know there's a God. We always trying to pick up the pieces. God send you the word. You need to take the word. And you need to pray on their behalf and say, God, open their eyes. If you keep helping, they'll never know that there's a God. How many times you going to tell somebody? But Peter, he dropped the net. And when Peter dropped that net, The Bible said, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ship so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. Now y'all look at this. Peter got to know him by doing what he said. He was astonished because he knew. Y'all know what the point was? God was letting Peter know you can't do this within yourself. 
You got to hear what I'm saying and do what I tell you to do. And that's when it's going to work. See, y'all, we have our way of doing. We have A, B, C. We go through the alphabet until we get to the last letter and figure out none of them work. So, God, here I am. I can't do this no more. Y'all, I'm going to tell you something. God got to break you to make you. I don't like that breaking. God got to break you to make you for you to recognize I'm king of kings. I'm lord of lords. I'm the great physician. I am that I am. I'm the rose of Sharon. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm Jehovah Shalom. I'm Jehovah Shammah. God got to break you to let you know who he is. Some of us don't want to be broken, so we still trying to be like Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty fell off that wall. Big Humpty Dumpty. Had a great fall. Say, all the king, who? And all the king tried to put the Humpty Dumpty back together again. They couldn't put him back together. Humpty Dumpty was through. See, we try to put things back together again. And God said, let me tell you something. I know you. I know your life. I know what's going to happen in every day of your life. So the only one you need to come to is me. Some of us are trying to live a life that God haven't even made for us. That may be Tiffany life. It ain't mine. I can't live Tiffany life because that's not the life God has given me. That's Tiffany life. I have to say, God, help me day by day to live the way you will have for me to live and to be whom you will have for me to be. So we have to do it God's way, y'all, not our way. We need to move out of the way. And the thing that hurts so bad is when you see people falling, and you're telling them that they're falling. And they're looking at you like, you crazy. Like, you don't know. Like, back off of me. You act like I don't know nothing. But God is trying to spare you from disappointment. He's trying to spare you from anguish. He's trying to spare you from sickness. He's trying to spare you from some things that you're getting yourself into, but just because you feel like this is what I need to do, and at the end of the day, the phone is ringing. Can you help me? And y'all know this, Pastor. I don't let go until God tell me to. But there's a time you have to let go and let them live the way they choose to live. You have to turn them over to Satan and let Satan have his way with them. And that's when they come back and they realize, I do need you, God. The prodigal son, he got his inheritance just like we have our inheritance, but he left home. He wasted everything with all kind of living. And then when he realized, I don't have to live this way because I know what I have. I'll go live as a servant. And God wouldn't even allow him to be a servant. He met him where he was. 
and he kissed him, put a ring on his finger, put a robe of righteousness on him, killed the fattest calf and began to celebrate because the one that was lost is found. Y'all, it's time for us to do what the word of God is telling us to do. We got to hear it, we got to see it, and we got to do it. Because see, seeing in the spirit is showing you, I got it. I got it. See yourself with what you're saying. And as you see yourself with what you're saying, it's going to manifest down here and you're going to begin to do it. That's what God wants. Then he showed me this one. This is the last one. Luke, I believe it's 19. Luke 19. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans and, the, and was rich. That means that this man, he had money and he was chief. Y'all know chief apostle. Chief this and chief that. Put chief in front of it. It's all right you put chief in front of your name. But don't act so arrogant. If you want to be a chief, chief whatever. It's right there in the Bible. He was chief. Among the publicans. But don't act so arrogant. Chief, chief, chief. And he sought to see Jesus who he was. What it mean that he wanted to see Jesus. See the King James say it differently. He just wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to look at the word. Isn't that awesome? He wanted to see the word. And then it said. And could not for the press. That means the crowd. Because he was little in stature. Poor little man. He was short. He was short. But he was determined. I need to see Jesus. And he ran before and climbed into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. Look at this, y'all. He was chief among the tax collectors. He was rich. He lost his pride. That little teeny any man, he wanted to see Jesus, and he down here, and the crowd up there, and he said, I can't see Jesus with all these people all around me. He lost all his dignity, all his pride, and he said, I'm climbing in this tree. Pride had to go. It didn't matter how people saw him. He said, I need to see Jesus. There go your seeing. <laughs> he said, I need to see Jesus. I need to look at Jesus. So he climbed in that tree and he said, I'm going to wait until this word passed by. So here come Jesus. I love what Jesus did, what the word said. And this is what he did. He said, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up. Oh, Jesus, see me, y'all. He see me. And saw him and said unto Zacchaeus, make haste, come down. For today, mm, I must abide at thy house. Oh, Jesus, you you can stay in my house. Right here. We're the temple. So he said, I want to abide at your house. And guess what Zacchaeus did? It says, and he made haste. And he came down and received him joyfully. That means he said, I accept your salvation. I accept everything that you have for me. And guess what happened when he did that? And when he saw it, women, and they all murmured that he was going to be guests with a man that's a sinner. Can y'all believe that? That's what the church do. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods. Ooh, won't your heart change for Jesus? I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. 
And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Look at what happened. Zacchaeus recognized that he had to see Jesus. And he knew the only way that he could see him, he had to come down. He had to get low. And he climbed in the tree because he said, I want to see the word when it come by. And Jesus looked up because he knew his heart. Jesus can work with you when your heart is right. His heart was right for Jesus. And he said, make haste, Zacchaeus. Come down because I want to abide at your house. He came down and he was full of joy. And he began to say, I'll give half of my goods. Come on. God will change any rich man's heart. He said, salvation have come to your house. Healing, deliverance, safety, prosperity. All of this, Zacchaeus, have come to your house. Not only Zacchaeus, but his house. Because see, when God gets you, he's going to get that house. If we stand, he'll get the house. It reminded me of my husband there. When I got saved, y'all, I went through some things before I accepted Jesus. And it's not because I wasn't taught about him. I just wasn't ready to accept him. And I had an aunt um, that would call me all the time. And she said, man, you a good girl. I wasn't actually because when you're not in him, you ain't good. <laughs> you know, you may act like you're good, but your heart ain't changed. I didn't do what everybody else done. I was a sinner. So she would tell me, she said, you don't do this and you don't do that. Why don't you just give your heart to Jesus? And I told her, I said, you know what? I ain't going to be like no hypocrite. I said, because I see hypocrites. She said, what are you talking about? I said, you go in the church, they hallelujah and they praising God and they coming out talking about people doing the same thing they always done, clubbing. I said, I can't be no hypocrite. I said, when I get saved, I'm going to go all the way. But she never gave up on me. But see, when something come in your life, that you never experienced before. See, God had her calling me. And not that I didn't know because, you know, my granddaddy, he was a prophet. He was a pastor. He, he just operated in all of it. And he would always talk to us about the word. See, this is why, y'all, we should talk to our children about the word regardless if they look like they ain't going to accept it because they're going to come back to what they were taught. So every time you get with your children, you telling them about God and you telling them how good God is and what God can do, they're going to come back. And, and that's just how we were raised. So but one day when depression hit me, I didn't know what it was. Only thing I knew is that I didn't want to do nothing no more. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to be bothered with my own son, which was Jeremy. He was about two or three then. He couldn't stay in the room with me. Every little movement, I was nervous, couldn't do my hair, couldn't be still trying to hide from my daddy because I was losing weight. And I was just trying to keep things together, just got a good position, couldn't stay at work, wanted my husband around me all the time, calling on my dead mother, my dead granddaddy, help me. I need help. So it came to me one day, you need to accept Jesus. I said, whoa, if I accept Jesus, all of this is going to leave me. Every bit of it. I'm going to do it. So I, I called my aunt, the same lady. She told me about Jesus. And I said, okay, I'm going to accept him. And I waited. And I waited. And I waited. But I was still depressed. I said, this ain't working. But you know what I didn't do? I did not turn my back on Jesus. Just because I didn't have that feeling. See, I didn't know about spirit, soul, and body. 
I didn't know the spirit was the real me. That's the part of me that got saved that was so full of him. And the spirit needed to flow through my soul. And then my body would get that reaction and I can live that life. Didn't know that my mind had to be renewed. Only thing I know is I did what you told me to do. So my life should be changed. Nobody never told me spirit, soul, and body. I didn't get deep like that. Only thing I knew was why am I still feeling this way? Y'all, I went through changes. But I remember one day. I didn't give up on God. I said, even though I'm going through, my husband saw me going through and didn't know until after I got through it. This man right here said he was going to lock me up in the lonely bin. That's what he said. He said, I didn't know what to do. So I was just going to take you to the oaks. I said, the devil is a lie. Thank you, Jesus. You knew my destiny. So like I was saying, I was hiding from my daddy. Didn't want to go over my daddy's house because I was losing weight. So one day I said, I'm going to go over daddy's. Went over daddy's. My brother, he's talking. Now, my brother's a talker. Girl, I've been trying to lose weight. What you doing to lose weight? I said, shut up. Just shut up. Daddy looked at me. He said, you better not be losing no more weight. And in my mind, I'm saying, you just don't know. I don't want to. But I can't eat. I can't sleep. Y'all just don't know. I would go home. I would call on Jesus. And I said, God, if you can't help me, nobody can. And I remember one day I had went to the doctor and I said, look, I'm having these issues. He said, did you have a new position? I said, yeah. He said, you go through this once in your life. I'm going to give you these pills. I said, bring them on. He gave me the pills. I took one. And I did go down there with my aunt, but I didn't get a chance to tell her what was going on. And she was so mad at me. Nana, why didn't you tell me what was going on with you? I said, it's all right. It's because you didn't really need to know. This was between me and God. You couldn't help me. Daddy couldn't help me. God wanted me to trust him to help me. So when I took the pill, y'all, I was at work sitting in my little director's chair like this. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel good. Oh, I feel good. I feel so free. So I'm taking that pill, feeling free, feeling good. But then I noticed during the night, I wasn't right. So I sat there and I would pop them and... He said, well, maybe I need to up the dose. I said, maybe you do. I was feeling good like I should. But then one day the spirit of the Lord spoke to me. Now I'm saying this. This is me. Wherever you are, that's you. You better know that the spirit is speaking to you. He said, get rid of those pills. He said, it's your mind controlling your body. I said, huh? He said, get rid of those pills. Trust me. Y'all, I said, okay. I put them in my pocketbook. He said, you ain't got rid of them. I put them, I made sure I had them close now, them feel good pills. So I put them in the medicine cabinet. He said, "Mm mm-mm. He said, get rid of those pills. Trust me. I threw them away. This is no lie. My mind popped back. Just like that. And I said, Jesus. And then he told me, he said, it's going to take the word. He said, you're going to have to get into the word. You're going to have to stay into the word. The more you get into the word, the word get in you. You're going to counteract those lies that the enemy has told you. He said, I have called you to root up and tear down the strongholds off of people. And that's their way of thinking. The way you think is how your body reacts. When you think a thing long enough, your body is going to do it. Your body go on how you think. 
If anybody tell you something and you grab hold to that and it get rooted in you, that's what you believe. Anytime we grow up in a household and they tell you this, that, or the other is going to happen because that's what they believe, that's what you believe. But I grew up in a household on Tink So. Well, granted, they saying this, Tink So, they ain't what the words say. That's how I grew up. I grew up according to the word of God. You couldn't tell granddaddy no different. You could show it to him. He said, that's what they say. He said, but that ain't what my God say. And I'm like, huh? Granddaddy, do you hear what they're saying? He said, yes, I heard what they're saying. You're going to hear what they're saying. He said, but that's not what God is saying. This is what God is saying. And y'all, I witnessed this man. Girl, hands just turn over, couldn't walk. I'm at the table court. Granddaddy back there in the living room. The girl come in, they toted her in because she couldn't walk. They sat her by granddaddy and granddaddy said, first of all, I'm not God. I'm an instrument that God used. He said, but if you believe God today, through this word that I'm going to give you, you're going to leave out of here walking. Granddaddy kept quoting scriptures back there. I was hearing him, y'all. So I'm about my business, and I turn around, and this girl come walking, and I left running. I took off out the door. Because I said, I know I saw this girl. This girl was not walking, but now she's walking. But I heard the word. He didn't do nothing but give her the word. Because he knew that the word worked above everything that said. The word works, y'all. She heard the word, and I saw the reaction from the word. And these day and time, we hear the word, and we just let it go. God takes you through. Not that God put this stuff on you, because he done away with it. But if it come, he will help you get through it to say, it's not for you. It's to help somebody else. But you got to hear me. You got to be able to see what I'm saying and you got to do what I'm saying. And that's when people see my manifestation. We're in a time now, y'all, I'm tell you, and I keep telling you, man don't know. Man can't figure it out. They're doing everything they can to try to make something work. When that don't work, they say, well, you know, we're going to try this. By then, they done cut you up like a piece of chicken. They done gave you this to handle this part. They done cut up and messed up. Then they gave you something from the reaction from this part. And then they say, it's nothing we can do. Just accept it. Just accept it. Because that's how they're trained. Their mindsets is to tell you to accept what is. That's why you don't wait to get in this word. Because, y'all, we're living in a time now, people killing you just for looking at you. They're picking up women, trafficking women, using the organs, selling organs. The world is in a mess. You got to hear God like never before. If God said, don't go, don't go. You got to know where you are. You got to know what to do. This is why we need to stay in communication with the word. We need to stay in communication with him. We need to teach our children according to the word of God. We need to turn off stuff that's corrupting our children. This is how children are picking up things because we let in and everything come to the television. So when they're little, they mimic what they see. They're coming out now fighting. 
They fighting y'all two-year-olds. They fight us. I got that little Jada back there. She's a boxer at two. They ain't have to worry about her in school. Don't look at her wrong. She keep... This is real. The only thing that's going to change things for real. And we taking it lightly. We don't even want to pick it up no more. We get up, go do what we have to do. Don't even think about, I don't know how nobody can't think about this word. Before anything else. Y'all, I want to breathe it. I want to eat it. I want to live it. Because this is the only thing that's going to keep us is the word. This is the only thing that keeps you sane. Because there's so much trouble in the world. Any little thought that come, you got to take it captive. Because if you don't, it's going to take you. We got to cast down stuff that ain't lining up. But you know what we do? We find things to get our satisfaction. We buy things to get our satisfaction. But how many know after you buy it, your money is gone and you still ain't satisfied? How many know you try to make people happy and you give them this and give them that? Your money is gone and they still ain't happy. What we need to do is sit them down and say, I got the biggest gift ever. His name is Jesus. And in that package, every time you unwrap it, you get more and more of what you need. If you need joy, come on. It's in us, y'all. Everything we need is in us. But God said, I want it to come out of you so people can experience my kingdom. Hear me. See me. See what you're hearing so you can do what I'm telling you to do. And I'm going to tell you, you will see manifestation, y'all. Because every time the Lord tells me to do something, it may be crazy, but I do it and I don't care what people think. I don't care how people feel. I'm going to do it. Why? Because I know I heard a word from the Lord. And when people see it work, they can't do nothing but humble themselves and say, you know what? I know that was God. I know that was God. So let's get into this word. And everything that's taken us away from it, we got to move it out the way through the word of God. God said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing things. And he said, all, all of these things shall be added unto you. Get in the word and let the word get into you and you will see so much manifestation in every area of y'all life. Y'all, me and my husband, whoo, if y'all only knew, but God, but God, the word Works, And I'm going to tell you how I know the word works. I, I talk about my children a lot because if it wasn't for God in helping us raise our children, they wouldn't really be where they are today. Because you know what I give God glory for, for my two children? They listen when God is speaking. You know why? Because I believe they trust the God that's in us. And the mama here, they always would go to daddy because uh, <laughs> daddy wouldn't say nothing. <laughs> Sometimes he'd say, ask your mama, ask your mama. They know my word. What's my word, Jeremy and Ariel? No. If they got a yes out of me, it was a miracle. They knew it was God. But long story short, 
It takes money to do anything that you need to do. And that's what the world live on, is moolah. So when your kids have a desire put in them, and that's what they want, we as parents want to try to help them get that desire fulfilled, right? But we know within ourselves we don't have the means to fulfill it. Amen? But I know a God who can. When that girl back there told me, her colleges, that she wanted to go to, those colleges was expensive. She gave me three of them. I said, girl, just just put it up there on my desk right there. I'm going to put a little sticky up there, and I'll see it every day, and I'll give God glory because God knows. Never told her it wasn't nothing in the bank, and she, she just finding out the situation later. So when she put the colleges down, she put UNC Charlotte, she put UNC Chapel Hill, she put ECU. Every last one of them had some long digits a year, you know. So I looked at her, I said, but which one you would want to go to? She said, well, I would like to go to UNC Chapel Hill. She said, but mama, they require a lot to get into that school. I said, well, if that's where God wants you to be, that's where you're going to be. That's what we're going to believe God for. Because I knew the bank didn't have it. So I said, Lord, you heard what she said, but I want you to confirm where you want her to be. Oh, he's so loving. I went to bed that night. And God showed me a person coming up to me and saying, where do your daughter want to go to school? I said, she said she want to go to uh, UNC Chapel Hill. And the door opened. <clears throat> I said, okay, God, you're saying UNC Chapel Hill. So now that you're saying this, you got to supply the money. I said, because you said it. Because you know what we don't have. So after every day, y'all, this is where Thanksgiving and praise come in and worship. Every day when I would get before the Lord, I said, Lord... I thank you that our daughter is in UNC Chapel Hill. Lord, I thank you that you have already opened the door. I thank you, God, that you have already made the way. See, I didn't tell nobody to pray with me. Didn't tell nobody to pray for me. Me and my husband was decreeing. We was declaring. Every morning I get up, I would scratch my arms and just give him Thanksgiving. So then she had to fill out. She said, Mama, I'm going to fill out, I said, fill out for scholarships, because the apostle was telling us about scholarships. I said, girl, fill out for every scholarship you can. She said, mama, I ain't never played sport. I said, I don't care, fill it out. I said, just fill out everything. And she was so obedient, y'all, she filling out all these scholarships, right? So me and my husband did not know what was actually going on, just thanking God. So when we went to the award ceremony, we didn't know how many scholarships the girl had. Did have no idea. She told us about, I believe, three. But we didn't know. So I'm sitting beside the woman at State Employees Credit Union, where I bank. I'm saying, hello, how you doing? She said, I'm doing good. I said, oh, she's here for a scholarship for somebody. I said, okay. So next thing I know, they're calling out scholarships. And then a man said, this man stood up and he said, whoever the parents are of this young lady that's getting this scholarship, I need for you to stand because this scholarship, we don't really give out to a lot of people. So me and my husband just sitting there. He said, we're giving this to Ariel Bryant. And this, this amount right here. He said, we're going to give out $12,000. You think I didn't stand up? <laughs> hey. Hey, I, I, I believe daddy would have been like this to bless his sweet name. And I'm sure they would have been over there. Praise the Lord. So me and my husband 
stood up, he said, I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all should be very proud because we don't normally do this. So we sat down on that. Then the state employees lady going to come up there and say, yeah, we, we got a scholarship. Well, Aria Bryant, please stand for $10,000. Glory! little scholarship. I said, well, who's going to get the basketball? Well, Aria Bryant, please come up here. I said, okay. Then they had a diva scholarship and gave roses. Well, Aria Bryant, please come up here. The girl sat down and kept popping back up. Woo, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I believe she got about 10. scholarship coming. So I said, uh, okay, God, I hear you. Getting up every morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory. It ain't over yet. Glory be to God. So the phone rings. And she, this lady said, I'm looking for Aria Bryan. I said, well, I'm her mother. She said, I'm calling from UNC Chapel Hill and we don't normally do this. But this is an honor and we've been trying to get up with her. We have a $20,000 scholarship. That we want to give your daughter. I said, wait a minute, I'll get her. <laughs> Hold up, we ain't going to miss that. Daddy, no, I ain't going to miss that. So they would give her this scholarship. Now look at this, y'all. So after she got all that, Ariel was telling me, she said, Mama, she said, I want to go to nursing school, but your grades got to be a certain grade to get into nursing school. I said, baby, you already in nursing school before you get into nursing school. She said, but mama, you don't understand. They're saying, I said, you already in nursing school. So we're going to give God glory that you already in nursing school. She got in nursing school. But this was the key. They had 400 students for nursing school. I think this is right. But they only had 100 more they could pick. A hundred. And Ariel said, Mama, it's a hundred more. I said, you already in nursing school. So she called me one day. She said, Mama, I'm so scared to open the envelope. But when I open it a little bit, they say, congratulations. <laughs> that ain't the end of it. That ain't the end of it. Then they said, they want to give $3,000 for nursing school. And they want to give money for books that she paid for for nursing school. But Ari said, everybody don't get this, Mom. I said, that money is yours. Because God says it's yours. Got a check in the mail. I thought it was mine. It wasn't mine. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, this is my money. No, they were paying for her books. They gave her the money for the books back. Then they gave her the 3000 for the nursing school. Let me tell you something. When you stand on his word, I didn't depend on the bank because I knew it was nothing in the bank. I depended on him and we done what he said. I said, God, you said this. 
That ain't me saying it. See, you have jealous people. See, the whole thing is when God put a desire in your heart, he said, when you delight yourself in me. See, it didn't take going here and going there to get somewhere. She was a Pender High School graduate. It didn't take putting a lot of money for her to do this to get her somewhere. People saying, you better let her do this. I said, I'm letting her do what God told me to let her do. You going on what the world tell you to do. God has separated her. She may not like me because I say no. But God is saying, yes, yes, yes. See, sometimes we try to satisfy our kids. Now that big jolly green giant down there, the one that eat up everything, he wanted to drive trucks. Mama, I just want to be a truck driver. He, he worked. He loved the work now. But one thing I can tell you, he didn't want to go back to school. Do not force your kids into college wasting your money for you to look good. Some people want kids to go to college to say, my child is in here. My child is in there. But it's party central. If your child don't have a mind for college, leave them alone. Because God has a plan. See, people want them to go to college to get an education, but they may not be college material right now. Jeremy went college material right now. But guess what I did? He said, Mama, I ain't going to no four year, but I tried to do two. I looked at my son. I said, Jeremy, Mama, just going to tell you the truth. I'm going to send you on down here with this stuff. I can't fear. But you know, <laughs> you ain't college material. Not hurting his feelings. Telling him the truth. You know how I knew? You played around in high school. You were a smart kid, but you didn't want to do your work. So you think you're going to go up here. Now, he wanted to go up there to UNC somewhere. I said, you think you're going up there to party my money away? Boy, no. You want to go up there and have a good time, but boy, no. He went to Cape Fear. The counselor told you what, son? Do what? See, he knew, but his heart wasn't there. But guess what? He's driving a truck, driving a cement truck. To God be the glory. And then they tell me it's worse than driving an 18-wheeler. But he's driving that truck, y'all. I'm telling you, do what the Lord will have for you to do. Don't do it, young folk, because your parents are pushing you. If that's not in your heart, you're going to fail. You ain't going to be, don't look at what everybody else do and say, God, you know the plan you have for me. Plans to prosper me. Plans for good and not evil. Everybody is not college material. They go to college to get away from home to be grown. And if they ain't doing nothing at home, you're going to send them away? That was for somebody. We have to trust God, y'all, with everything that we have. We have to trust God. And you know what the joy of the whole thing is? We got Terry and Sonia back there with their daughter. They got a full ride at UNC Chapel Hill. And guess what the goodness of the Lord is? Her and Aria's roommates. See how God does. See, God know what needed. Y'all, God is so good. He's so good. I didn't tell you all that to boast and brag because that's not who we are. I tell you this because 
We go on what the words say. We do what the words say. And we tell our children, this is what the word is saying. And we stand on it. And did it get tough when the devil was saying, now you know. what?" I said, shut up. I know what God said. And I began to praise him. See, that's why I just can't walk out of my house and not stop and say, God, thank you. Thank you, God, for where you brought me from. Whoever can walk out of their house and not even lift their hands and say, God, I want to glorify you today because of what you've done in my life. It wasn't me. It was you. Y'all, it's all about him. And all of us in here serve the same God. Same God that departed the Red Sea is the same God we serve. So hear him, see him, do what he says, be about him. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah.